Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. For every horror movie that hits VOD, countless others end up DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're going to find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host, Josh Korngut. I am the managing editor of Dread Central. I am also a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is a proud member of the Dread Podcast Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Development Hell. Today, we're going down a little bit of a different path. We are talking about a movie that, yes, is indeed going to be coming out. It has not been stuck in Development Hell. But if you're a longtime listener to this podcast, you know that every once in a while, we like to dig the brains behind some of the most exciting voices in horror. We've done this with the filmmakers behind some pretty exciting indie horror titles like The Boy Behind the Door, Alone With You, Werewolves Within, and The Mortuary Collection. Today, we're talking with Reese Frake Waterfield. This is the director and writer behind the upcoming super spooky-looking film, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. But there's also another reason that we're talking about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey today that isn't just because this movie looks interesting, but is a little bit more personal to me and my career here at Dread Central. But first, I want to give a little bit of a background on how I got to where I am today at Dread Central, because it does relate to my journey right here on Development Hell. So to get down to it, about a week or two ago, when I discovered the IMDb page for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey online, no one had reported on it yet. And I did an article at Dread Central and things got a little bit crazy. And I'm really excited to dig into it today. Some of you know, some of you don't know, but Development Hell is really what started my career path here at Dread Central. 
I started Development Hell on a smaller label in Toronto called Anatomy of a Scream. Uh, Anatomy of a Scream does some a really amazing content. If you want to go and sign up for their feed, you'll get all sorts of cool stuff, all very interesting takes on horror. But after about eight episodes there, I started to branch out. I made my own feed and I pitched a couple of the bigger horror outlets to see if anyone was interested, and number one on my list was Dread Central. I really had no expectation that they would get back to me. Luckily, they did. The hedge over here was interested in it, and we had a conversation, and I got signed to the Dread Podcast Network. For about six months, I was just doing my podcast here at Dread Central, and then they reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to do some articles. I did, and then not long after that, I became a staff writer. A few months after that, I was hired to come on as a culture editor, and that was sort of a full-time role. And then I think it was about six months after that, they hired me on as the managing editor, which is my job now. And I have to say, it's truly a dream come true. I grew up reading Dread Central. A lot of horror fans, maybe a little bit of a different generation, would grow up reading things like Fangoria, uh, Rue Morgue. I grew up reading Bloody Disgusting and (laughs) Dread Central. And so when they picked up my podcast, I was shocked. It was a dream come true. When I became a staff writer, I was shocked. It was a dream come true. When I became the culture editor, I was shocked. It was a dream come true. And then as the managing editor, it's almost hard to explain how much excitement and joy I felt and still feel in this role. So anyways, that's a long story to get to the fact that yes, I am now the managing editor here at Dread Central and a big part of my duties includes being the main news writer. So I do report on all of the big stories that you'll find on the other news outlets, but I also really like to try to find things that are a little bit outside of the box, maybe a little bit underreported and altogether a little bit strange. And so every day I crawl through the dark corners of the horror internet looking for stories that are just going to stand out to me and be a little bit different. And one day, a couple weeks ago, I found this IMDb page for a movie I had never heard about. Sure enough, I did some Googling around and no one, literally no one, had reported on this film. It was called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And it's what it sounds like. It's a horror slasher retelling, or not retelling, but sort of reworking of the classic childhood classic, Winnie the Pooh. After a little bit of research, I realized, oh, Winnie the Pooh, as of January 2022, is in the public domain. So any filmmaker had carte blanche to do what they want with it. And now we're seeing sort of the after effects of that, which is a brutal looking horror sort of adaptation of this character. Okay, I didn't have huge expectations for this article. I just thought, that's interesting. No one has written about this. I wasn't even sure how far along into production it was. There was a number of interesting images, a whole gallery of them, which to me made it seem like this film was in post-production. And digging deeper into the IMDb page, it did say it was in post-production, but IMDb is not always the most reliable source. I think like Wikipedia, a lot of people can update the information. So I wasn't totally sure where this film was in its production schedule. I wrote about it anyways. I wrote an article on Dread Central, and within a number of minutes, it had gone totally viral, which was really exciting. I had this big viral article on Dread Central, which is exactly my goal on a day-to-day basis, is to write something people are going to read. 
I was really excited about it. And even before I went to bed that night, I had countless DMs in my personal social media accounts, countless people adding me like on Twitter, asking me if I was involved in the film, if they could get casted in the film, if I was making it myself, which of course I am not. I was just reporting on it. Some people were really angry that I had created something so malicious out of such a wonderful children's property. Some people were just really excited at the idea of a scary Winnie the Pooh. It was totally unique, really intriguing to so many people. So the next day I woke up and... (laughs) countless other outlets had picked up the story from Dread. It isn't out of the ordinary for other horror outlets like Bloody Disgusting or Daily Dead to pick up stories from us or from each other. That's totally normal. But that's when I realized media took notice. We had the story picked up by Variety, CNN, NME, Entertainment Tonight, The Sun, Indie 88, CBR, Screen Rant, IGN, Collider, and I mean countless other outlets were retelling the story that I had just published the day before. Most of them were citing Dread Central, thank God. That's really good. It's very helpful for our brand. Some of the other ones did not, and I am wagging my finger in disapproval. But still, I wrote this story, I guess, on a Wednesday. And by Friday, I was out at dinner with a friend, Samantha, hi. And we were, yeah, we were ordering dinner and we were going to go see a movie. And the waitress asked us, what are we going to go see? I said, oh, we're seeing this horror movie called Men. And she was like, oh, I haven't heard of that. You like horror movies? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we like horror movies. And she said, well, have you heard about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? And that's when I really knew like, whoa, this thing had a life of its own. This little story that I'd picked up off of IMDb with no intentions of it being gigantic had just exploded and became a living, breathing thing of its own. And it's just really exciting to me as a journalist to see that happen. Dread Central's editor-in-chief, Mary Beth McAndrews, I believe was at her own birthday party. She was <laughs> in another room and she heard people talking about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey in another room in the house and she burst through the door and it was like, what are you guys talking about? We're seeing people talk about this everywhere. I'm not sure what it is about the story that is intriguing people and making them fascinated and making them excited and honestly even making them angry, but I'm into it. And I'm just kind of grateful that I get to be a part of this little slice of viral history. And I thought, well, what should I do? I should reach out to the filmmaker behind this cool project and see if he'll talk to me and get his insight on what to expect and why people are so excited and maybe even some of the more gruesome details of what the film is actually going to include. Well, luckily he agreed. So today we are sitting down with filmmaker Reese Frake Waterfield. He is the mastermind behind Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and he has some super fascinating stories to tell about this film. He gets into the nitty gritty about what kind of brutality we can expect, what these characters are all about, if it's supernatural or or if they're just slashers. Like we kind of have a lot of the lowdown and you're definitely gonna want to listen to this conversation because it's it's pretty fascinating i'm actually shocked by how grotesque he gets into the details and i don't know about you but i love that kind of thing so yeah i'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation and thank you for listening to my little personal career update i think that it goes really hand in hand when talking about this film And I think people listening to this podcast might have a slight interest in who the host is and what I've been up to. And I just really wanted to tell my side of the story here because it's just been a crazy couple of weeks. 
I'm excited to check out this indie film when it's out, but for now, enjoy this conversation with filmmaker Reese Frake Waterfield. Hey Josh. How's your day going? Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, just like busy, like just like various interviews and people asking for like email responses to things and just like, yeah, just this whole thing has just consumed like my days the last uh, (laughs) last two or three days. And we're really excited to see all the, yeah, the excitement for this new movie. It's honestly, it's just gone like absolutely everywhere. Like I've done a, um, like a, an Instagram post second about it. Cause I was just rounding up some of the stories and it's like New York, the New York post it's on like CNN. It's <laughs> I like, saw that. Yeah. yeah. Do you see it in there? Like, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> variety. Like, variety. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody, bloody disgusting got in there. Yeah. So it's, it's huge. And I'm so happy for you guys. I was wondering, oh, you too. is there any chance you could give us maybe a more specific plot summary for what this movie is going to be about? Some articles haven't really been explicit about the whole, uh, you know, are they serial killers or are they hybrid? You know, like, are they actually meant to be Pooh and Piglet? Everyone's still a little bit unsure at point. It's fairly obvious when, you know, some of the plot gets revealed. But yeah, it's definitely Pooh and Piglet. It's not just two people in a mask. The story is meant to be that they've gone on this onslaught from um, being kind of like enraged by what's happened to Christopher. The kind of general thing which I've said up till now, I think it was put on entertainment tonight i think they basically just quoted it uh, was that Pooh and piglet experienced like a drastic drop in food as christopher grew up and then over the years became like increasingly hungry and feral they had to resort to kind of like eating eel and then christopher returns with his wife to kind of introduce her to his old friends and when that happens then they kind of get enraged when they see him and all of their kind of hatred they've built up over the years kind of unleashes and then they go on this kind of rampage and then that continues to when they end up at this like rural house with these girls that's kind of generally what's been said I mean we haven't mentioned that Christopher Robin's wife or has a, has a wife and has come back to introduce his wife to them so that's fairly um that's fairly new compared to the else has been out there most people know about the that first girl's death how Um, violent is this film going to be yeah so Pooh and Piglet they don't have any remorse and they're actually pretty sadistic um Uh that was something I wanted from the characters um yeah yeah, that might be quite interesting because no no one's really called talked about the dynamic between the two yet Uh um it's always been just like you know Pooh and Piglet and they haven't gone into detail about their essentially like their way of operating together and and all that and I think there's something quite like interesting there the characters um I've kind of imagined who is the um he's the alpha of the two so Uh he's the alpha male of Piglet and he was kind of always the one who was in charge of the camp um and so Piglet essentially is kind of like almost like a little minion to him Uh Um, and Piglet just does what whatever Pooh wants um and they've kind of built up this over the years they've built up these really like sadistic tendencies amongst them Uh Um, Uh so they used to kind of just go out and just target people to um to kill them to eat them like as a way of living like um just food basically um but now over the years their minds have become like increasingly twisted um, and it's got to a point where they enjoy watching their their prey suffer um, a bit like kind of you know like a, a a cat with a like a mouse or something it might bat it around and stuff um, that's kind of got ingrained in their head a little bit so that's why with that girl in the jacuzzi the first or the first kind of draft of her her death I was going to have she's kind of enjoying herself doesn't realize and then Pooh comes behind and then a big sledgehammer just smashes her in the head while she's like completely unaware in a sense oh my god um, 
And I thought that would be really horrific. But then I thought, okay, actually, I could make a second part to the death. Can, the second part to the death can be a bit more like interesting because I thought maybe they don't want the girl to go so quickly. What they wanted is that's why they kind of got and then they purposely kind of like wake her up when they've put her in this new scenario where she's um, hogtied to the ground. So hogtie, piglet, the link there. Then Pooh starts getting in the, he's in the car um, and then piglet's holding him down and then Pooh eventually drives over her head. They really taunt her as well. So while she's on the floor, um, once she wakes up, Pooh doesn't like instantly start driving towards her. He um, kind of starts revving the engine to make her really like, you know, just worry more and more and like builds up a lot of tension there. Um, and then eventually, even when he's going to drive over her head um, and he's going towards her, he's just almost rolling the car. Like he's just doing it really slowly. So um, it's kind of quite, uh, quite brutal for that moment. Can you give us a sense of when this is going to come out? It was a bit of a co-production with um, ITN Studios. So uh -huh. the way that works is we kind of have a concept together and then Jagged Edge, which I co-run, we go away and we basically just come up with the the script. We shoot it and we do all of that side of it and then get the film kind of through post-production and finished. And then we hand it over back over to those guys um, at ITN and then they take over, you know, the second half of it where they're kind of getting the posters made and they're getting... Um, trailers created and then they're handling like the the distribution side of it so mm -hmm. it's probably more towards itn side on exact release date so i can't concretely confirm anything but um i know i'm getting emails that from them right now about poster ideas and stuff like that and we've got fan posters which look really really cool cool um which i've sent sent them over because I, I really like the design of one of them i'm hoping because they're now moving ahead with the posters mm -hmm. straight away um kind of like expediate as much as I can the the edit and the rest of post-production now to get it like finished ASAP and then once that's finished that's when we can get the trailer moving and I think we'll get that done super super fast as well um, and then from there it's basically ready at that point so I don't know how fast or how Stuart wants to deal with this because normally I think with um, distribution companies they once they've got the film there's normally a sales period where they have yeah. to go to festivals and they have to go to these markets and present it and drum up interest and make sales and stuff but in this case i think they've i'm i'm getting emails from territories saying let us have it like we, we're really interested in distributing it in i don't know germany or whatever so i'm pretty sure they're probably in the process of maybe like going through that and like signing offers or, or like they're probably contemplating their um their options at this point i mean like ideally i would like i would be looking for them to i don't know hopefully see if somewhere like i don't know netflix would uh would uh -huh. be interested um but obviously i don't have the, the contacts myself um, and i don't know if that's being discussed or, or anything but uh -huh. that would be that would be really really cool to get a kind of like exclusive release there so things like that are options um i think they're just kind of collating everything now seeing what people what will happen or what the different territories or what their options are um and then i guess once the the film is um is made it's potentially even ready to just go then i as a, i've been telling people i think the at like the latest is going to be kind of Q4 2022 because um, I think everything is just moving really fast now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'd I'd hope to that everyone be able to watch this in uh, potentially like in the in the shortest term. I would say probably about three to four months. We're very very eager for the trailer as well. You probably know that. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yes, I have two more questions for you. The second last one is, what is it like? Like. How does it feel with this going so viral in the last couple of days? What do you yeah, feel? No, it's, 
it's pretty mad like the reason me and um well the reason like i kind of wanted to make this is like i'm like you guys i'm a big big horror fan um like i love horror like i've been watching it you know just constantly like since i was a teen and i i really wanted to do something which was different yeah. um and i've that's why i kind of went down this route i thought okay let's not do a boring like general werewolf film or vampire film i want to try and find something unique which can kind of like excite me um and everyone on the set when we were shooting this was just having so much fun like it was the best shoot i've like ever been on and <laughs> then um kind of the intention of all of it was just like I'm sure there's a little niche horror market here because um, yeah. not all horror fans will, will love it, but I'm sure like there'll be, there's people who love these kind of like alternative realities and universes. I yeah. think people, they're going to really, really like enjoy this and really like the film. Um, mm-hmm. And it just started going, I, th- I thought that's all it's going to really reach. I thought I'd get some people who are going like, Oh, what a silly idea. And like, you're being really um really stupid and all of this but yeah <laughs> i just kind of thought oh, for- forget it i'll just go ahead with it like i'm sure it will reach like a certain number of people will love it and then uh-huh. since then and it's been made it's obviously just completely blown up and we've had so much interest and with that comes like you get i'm getting loads of messages but it's really kind of contrasting in that i'm getting loads of messages of, from people who are going i absolutely love this like i'm so excited like i want to know when the trailer is like what can you tell me about it? When's it out? Like just every, just all the time, like every five minutes I'm getting, you know, multiple people messaging me about it. After I posted the article, my personal social medias have been nonstop. Yeah, exactly. Messaging me about this project. People are freaking out. No, I know. It's really cool. And it's, you get the the opposite as well. And I'm people who are like, what's wrong with you? You're Um, twisted and, and all of this. And it's kind of like, yeah, it was like spread, like people going spread love, not hate. And I was like, yeah, but that really worked with horror. (laughs) Not always. Not always. Um, my last question for you today, and I know it's a little preemptive, but with all of this frenzy, are you starting to think about sequel ideas? Uh, yeah. So we already have me and me and Stuart are kind of like planning stuff out um, already because like we, we've enjoyed it so much. And it's like one of those things where you talk about it on set and you're like, what can we do next with this? What's really, really interesting. And we had like, we've had loads of kind of like quirky ideas. Um, I mean, ideally, like, there are other characters involved in that universe which i can't kind of go near okay you know yeah just because like obviously there's a fine line with the whole what's in the public domain area um, mm-hmm. and i don't want to tread on anyone's toes like that i just want to do kind of yeah stick to what i'm allowed to do and um kind of do my own original retelling of that um, and i've tried to stay as far away from the kind of disney side of it as i possibly can because um yeah. i know it's kind of like it could potentially if if i'm too if if i'm trying to be too edgy to them um they can kind of probably crush the film um so i have that's why there's loads of there's as many differences as i could possibly make with this that's why i've got like their hybrids um so it's like half man half bear people um there and it's not just you know like a normal bear like they have actual human hands um they are kind of like they're three times the size of the disney one because they're like like six over six foot like six and a half foot um and then they don't have their usual like attire like they're fully clothed just all of that sort of stuff in terms of like um, i think i've done everything i can now to ensure this is as far away from their kind of property as as possible while still allowing me to um kind of like express 
like a creative difference on the original 1926 version um and with with that one like i'd even say in a sense like i'm telling people it's almost in a way it's kind of even loosely based on the 1926 one like obviously it's still there in name and that but um yeah so i've i'm hoping because it's all uh, it's all i'm hoping everything's correct and i've done everything properly um that i'll now be able to kind of go on to the the sequel side of it um and yeah we've got so many ideas like my little chat groups are going absolutely crazy and we're all kind of like brainstorming things and seeing where the next kind of scenario we can put this into um so yeah <laughs> and hopefully it will be like with like how this has gone we can like ramp it up even more and go even more crazy and go even more kind of extreme and i've got like lots of twisted and dark thoughts on how i want what, what i want to put like poo and piglet through um and i want what i want them like what scenarios i want to put them in and stuff so which i hope everyone will like so <laughs> i can't wait and just to clarify so under the masks we have monster hybrids so the um in terms of the in the story and in the world uh-huh. um of what we've done poo and piglet are um they are actual you know it is poo and piglet like you think of um from the 1926 version grown up um they are kind of not full bear and full um pig they're they're half bear and half man and half bear and half pig so that's why they're kind of like face is um a bit like this like bearish yellow bearish look and then the hog look but they've got like physical hands to like grab weapons um like chains and machetes and sledgehammers and and all of this stuff rather than um which i think is a lot more scary than having them kind of like going the opposite way and actually making them a bear and making them a pig because then you know like it doesn't give you these as much of a horrifying image i think if um i don't know poo's running around on all fours or something so (laughs) we're just so excited and i'm really pumped for you guys and maybe you've got the next like big indie horror franchise on your hands oh no i hope so well my inspiration one of my big inspirations for this was wrong turn so uh i hope hopefully we can do what wrong turn did and go to like what they on like wrong turn seven now is it uh-huh or is it eight <laughs> They're up there. yeah i hope we even get to poo seven <laughs> that would be incredible i would watch all of them and own yeah. them so, <laughs> so congrats i cannot wait to see where this goes next and we're really excited to get our hands on that trailer and poster whenever they're ready yeah definitely okay awesome yes have a great rest of your day cheers you too Thank you so much for listening to Development Hell. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do us a major favor of leaving us five stars and writing a positive review. It really makes all the difference in the world. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Development Hell. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.